live button going to press continue here i'm so excited i've got one of my close friends dad on dr ross walker the father of david walker and by the way david walker is going to be on the radio at 4 20 p.m giving a wrap-up on what's happening in real estate with jim wilson and that's the station that dr ross walker is normally um on is that right yeah, I'm on Sunday night at 7 o'clock. A show called Healthy Living goes for two hours nationally. And can I ask you, uh, Dr. Walker, is that a, is that a call-in program where people oh, call in and ask? Absolutely. It's live. People call in, ask questions. We discuss a whole lot of interesting stuff. Obviously, give the COVID vac- vaccine update or the COVID update, or all, all matters COVID. But also, we talk about any health issues at all, and I answer questions on any health problems. Okay. So, Dr. Walker, obviously today I called you in because, you know, up until the last three, four weeks, I never really got into a conversation with any of my colleagues, clients, what have you, about the vaccine. But pretty much every conversation I have these days with people is, have you had your jab? Have you had the jab, right? So it is a, it is a talking point. And please, those of you on social media that want to write a long essay giving me scientific knowledge as to, well, I don't even think it's scientific knowledge. It's just some sort of knowledge that gets plucked out of the air. You know, I don't I don't want to use this forum, you know, to sit there and, you know, talk about conspiracy theories and the big agenda. I just want to talk about practical stuff that seem to be on the mind of most people at the moment. Um, are we... Have we got a have we got a decent amount of people, Doctor Walker, that are vaccinated at the moment? Well, we haven't got enough. As I think the fully vaccinated rates just over about eleven percent, and people who've had their first vaccinations about I think it's about thirty five percent now. But we we need to get to about the seventy to eighty percent mark of people fully vaccinated, where we will start to see what we call herd immunity, which is where the virus should start to fizzle out or just become like any respiratory virus. It's there giving us a bit of a cold, but no one's going to be dying from it or getting severe COVID in almost all cases. Okay. Um, is Pfizer a better... Uh, 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 is is Pfizer better than AstraZeneca? No, 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 no. And and look, I, I've what really drives me nuts, and just like you, half of the calls I get to my show, half of the emails I get into my practice are people saying, "Oh, doctor, I don't want this AstraZeneca vaccine. I'm scared of it." And and this is really ridiculous scaremongering on the part of. I think it's been I think it's been presented very badly by the government. And I also think the media has portrayed it very badly. And I think that you mentioned before people people giving their conspiracy theories. A lot of people get their science from Facebook, which is not a place to get any science from whatsoever, because there'll always be the anti-vaxxers or the vaccine-hesitant people that'll bring up this rubbish about some so-called expert who, who has, has gone out of the vaccination world because he he worked he or she worked for years in the immunisation space and they think that this AstraZeneca vaccine or this Pfizer vaccine is dreadful. Let me put it in perspective. If you look at any medical treatments, Tom, you wouldn't have any if you actually read the potential complications or side effects. So let's just talk about the AstraZeneca clotting issue. The risk of getting a clot with AstraZeneca is 1.6 per 100,000 people in people over the age of 60, 2.6 
per 100,000 people in people under the age of 60. That's of getting a clot, not dying from the clot. The risk of dying from that clot is about one in two million in Australia. So there's been three potential deaths related to the AstraZeneca vaccine, uh, all in women, mind you. A 48-year-old woman, uh, and not, not that it's good or bad, I'm just giving the facts. A 48-year-old woman, a 51-year-old woman, a 62-year-old woman, and we're, we're not really sure of the comorbid conditions in those people as well. But if you have a prior history of clotting, the AstraZeneca vaccine does not increase your risk for clotting. What it does do in rare, rare, rare cases is induce this particular antibody to a thing called platelet factor four, which is one very specific uh, protein on the surface of platelets, which are the sticky little cells that form clots. And, and that's where this thing comes from. And so if you're on a blood thinner or if you've had a clot in the past, it's got nothing to do with this. And let me make a point to you. Every day around the world, there are millions of people who are in hospital who are treated with a blood thinner called heparin. Now, heparin's used to flush cannulas. It's used to give, given subcutaneously to keep the blood thin. It's given intravenously to break down clots. But one of the problems is heparin can induce exactly the same antibody as the AstraZeneca vaccine. But the difference is, Tom, this does it in about one in 100 cases, not one in 100,000 cases, and no one even bats an eyelid about getting heparin. No one says anything at all about heparin. So why we have this absolute hysteria about the AstraZeneca vaccine is just beyond me. And you say, is Pfizer a better vaccine? Well, let me say to you, in people under the age of 60, there's about a four per million chance of getting a condition called myocarditis, which is inflammation of the heart muscle. And I can tell you that's harder to treat than a clot. So don't say Pfizer is superior. I want the superior one. Just get vaccinated. That is the bottom line here. I've, I'm fully vaccinated. I had my second AstraZeneca last Monday, and now I'm fully vaccinated, and I feel much more protected and safe because I'm fully vaccinated. Okay. You're fully vaccinated now. Um, what's the science say about you uh, catching COVID now that you're fully vaccinated? And you're spreading COVID now that you're fully vaccinated. Now, that, that's the interesting thing, because when we hear about the efficacies, people say, no, no, Pfizer's better because it has a 95% efficacy, AstraZeneca only an 80% efficacy. What that means is that you then still with Pfizer have a 5% chance of getting a cold if you get COVID, so sore throat, runny nose for a few days and you get better, and a 5% chance of potentially passing on a lesser viral load to someone else. With AstraZeneca, that's a 20% chance. But you still, and I'm still, if I get exposed to COVID, in almost all cases, unless I've got something really dodgy with my immune system, which fortunately I don't, I, I still have almost zero chance of dying and zero chance of getting severe COVID where you can have a whole lot of nasty complications that may stay with you indefinitely. Now, COVID's only been around for 18 months, but there are still some people who got COVID about 16 months ago, 17 months ago, who are still struggling with some side effects. So, so the, the, problem, what, the problem is getting COVID, not being vaccinated. Okay. So um, am I right in hearing what you're saying? If you are vaccinated, and let's assume you're vaccinated with, uh, with Pfizer, so I get my second shot on Sunday morning yep. um, at RPA on Sunday. So uh, once that's done, 
um, I have a 5% chance of getting uh, COVID, but if I do get it, it won't be that severe and chances are very close to zero, I won't die of it. Um, And also, do I read it right that the chances of me getting it and spreading it is also dramatically reduced? Absolutely, because you get a much lower viral load and therefore it's much harder to pass that on. And so that's that's where vaccination is so important. And just to put this in perspective again, the influenza vaccine, which all of us front up for every year, or most of us should, that that only has a 60% effectiveness. So therefore a 40% chance of still getting the flu. But if you have the vaccination, you won't die from influenza, nor will nor will you develop severe influenza. And let me again put all of this into perspective because I've got to say to you, Tom, I'm sick of the scaremongering around this latest Delta strain, you know, this deadly virus that's highly contagious. Yes, it's contagious, but in 2019, during the last influenza epidemic, which we haven't seen influenza much in the last couple of years because we shut everything down, we had around 300,000 cases in Australia from over the winter period. We had 715 deaths. Now, with this Delta strain that's just happened, there are about 1,000 cases in the Sydney area. There have been two deaths, so a 0.2% death rate. That is not a deadly virus. That's just a normal respiratory virus. So I'm sick of the inflammatory language that's coming out of the mouths of politicians and so-called health experts who are telling us about the dreadful surge in cases. So, for example, today we had, this is Friday, we had 97 cases, 29 of them in the community. Oh, the the, the cases in the community are increasing. No, they're not. Yesterday it was uh, 25 or something. So three or four cases is statistically about the same. If this was a deadly, incredibly contagious virus that was spreading through the community like wildfire, we'd see in the community 25 one day, 45 the next day, 150 the next day, 350 the next day. We're not seeing that. Now, the politicians will argue that's because we're locking everything down. But we're still hearing on the news every night the the scaremongering and the dozens of exposure sites. Well, if these exposure sites were that bad, we would be seeing many more cases like we see with influenza. Okay. So, um, look, that's 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 really pleasing. It's funny that you, you, you say that because I only felt like it was only maybe five, six days ago that we all had the fears that by today the numbers would have been in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, right? Yeah. Because we were yeah. saying there was this exponential sort of uh, increase, but it hasn't happened. No, of course it hasn't happened. Now, again, we've locked everything down, but I wouldn't have locked down society because we're looking at the financial impact of this, which is just ridiculous. We're also looking, however, at the personal impact of this, the loneliness, the, the being being excluded from seeing your friends and loved ones. What I would have done and said, okay, all of the cases are concentrated around, say, Bondi or the south, certain pockets of southwest Sydney. Lock those areas down. They go, oh, hang on, hang on. You can't do that because it's a very fluid area. The boundaries aren't that good. You could do it with the northern beaches. During the Northern Beaches lockdown over Christmas, I didn't see one checkpoint coming out of the Northern Beaches. I I live relatively close there. There wasn't one checkpoint. Why can't you just say to everyone, okay, sorry, the people of Fairfield, we feel very sorry for you. We're going to lock you down, very hard lockdown for a week or so, stop the case numbers, and, and we will financially support you because it would cost so much less to financially support 
localised areas, then this ridiculous total lockdown of, of Sydney, the Blue Mountains, the Central Coast, Wollongong, Shell Harbour, for goodness sake. We're talking about almost 100 k's away from Sydney. This is just ridiculous. So what, what do you say, Dr. Walker, on another point? A mate of mine said to me that doesn't want to get vaccinated. He says, mate, I'm not going to get vaccinated. And he goes, I don't have a big deal about it, but there's no benefit to me versus you. I said, well, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, you can't go overseas. I can't. You can't go to Byron. I can't. We're in exactly the same boat. So why would I get vaccinated? Well, well I think there's two reasons to get vaccinated. Reason number one is a personal reason, because if you're vaccinated, then you're protected against getting severe COVID that could screw you for the rest of your life physically or, or dying from COVID. So that's the first personal reason to get vaccinated. And, and, it's, and vaccination has been proven not just for COVID, but for every disease to minimise the risks of dying and getting to the severe complications of that disease. That's number one. But number two, people who say, I'm not getting vac vaccinated are incredibly self-absorbed because they're not thinking about the greater good. They might be a healthy person in their 40s and 50s, but you think about the sicker, older, more vulnerable people who, for, for whatever reason, haven't been vaccinated or don't want to be vaccinated. They're the people who are going to die from COVID. But I agree with him and I agree with you. I think personally, there should be benefits and rewards to people who are vaccinated. We should be able to travel interstate. We should be able to go to Byron or go to, strangely, tomorrow, my wife and I were going to Palm Cove for a week because it's my birthday next week. We're going to have a week up in, up in northern Queensland, obviously been cancelled. I'm really looking forward to my boring birthday next Friday. But, but what I'm saying is we should be able to do that. Not What I would say, we should all have a vaccine passport, electronic back vaccine passport on your phone, or if you don't, if you're not electronically savvy, just a piece of paper to say you've been fully vaccinated, then you can travel, then you can go to restaurants, then you can go to major events. And if you choose not to be vaccinated, fine, but you can't travel, you can't go to restaurants, and you can't go to major events. And I think so that because we know for the greater good of society, we all need to be vaccinated. Is vaccination safe? It's a hell of a lot safer than any other medical treatments. And I say to my patients, who's, who's, who's I'm worried about AstraZeneca doctor, I say, you had much more chance of dying in a car accident coming to visit me today than you have having any major complications from a vaccination. By the way, everyone watching this, the gentleman that's talking in case you've come in late, is a doctor, a very good doctor, a specialist, one of the leading cardiologists in the country and has been talking in the media, TV and radio for decades now. So we are talking about views and opinions coming through medicine, not, you know, uh, uh, personal views of people on uh, social media platforms or any other way that uh, information is uh, communicated amongst the community or talking about the community. So oh, before I go on to that, so if you were a politician, right, if you were the New South Wales Premier, would you, you're saying that you'd, you, you'd, you wouldn't be as strict on the lockdown, you'd be a little bit more looser on that? I'd be very strict on the lockdowns where the cases were. But it, it just doesn't make any sense locking down areas where there's no cases. So, for example, north of the Harbour Bridge, there are just no cases. So why are we putting people into an absolute lockdown? You can't visit your friends, relatives, go to restaurants or anything else when there's no cases. It just doesn't make any sense. What about school children this time? You know, I've got my daughters doing the HSC 
this year. Um, and she's look, she's she's pretty comfortable either way. She's not one of um, she she handles these situations pretty flexible. Um, what I was going to ask you: Why this time around, Doctor Walker? Schools, lifetime schools was normal. This time they've come to a halt. Is it because Delta is a virus that can be spread against kids? Yeah, the, this is a more contagious virus. So if children get the virus, they'll get a cold. And, and again, they bring up these, these examples. There's one 20-year-old in intensive care with, with COVID. During the, the, the big influenza epidemic a few, a few years ago, we had pregnant women on ventilators from influenza. We didn't lock schools down. We didn't lock society down because of that. I don't know why we're reacting to this particular virus when we don't react to all the other viruses which do a similar thing. Now, there's no doubt the COVID of last year, the, the initial, if I'm still allowed to say it, the Wuhan strain, that was killing people. And the, the sicker, older, vulnerable people who weren't vaccinated, we saw multiple deaths. And I agreed with all the things that happened back then. But we're not seeing it this time. So why they're affecting school children and the mental health issues this is having on school children, I think are dreadful. And, and of course, on parents having to stay home and homeschool their kids. It's just nonsense. It just doesn't make sense, Tom. I was talking to a colleague of mine that uh, is at, uh, at, at uh, uh, News Corp. And um, he's he lives in a two-bedroom unit. He's got two kids. Him and his wife uh, use full-time jobs from using Zoom. And um, I've got to tell you, I was just picturing that is not easy. No. I mean, in a two-bedroom unit, each person is there homeschooling. Um, and this is going to, by the looks of it, we're going at least for another two weeks, at yep. least another two weeks. Well, what about what's your view? Gladys Berejiklian saying we've got to get down to zero the community. So, so all of a sudden, last time they never spoke about it, but now there's a big emphasis on this second number. So yes. it's infections and people that were infected in the community. Yeah, and and look again, what you, we said this before, but I think it's important to repeat it. If we saw those community, those, those infections that are still in the community increasing every day to incredible numbers, uh, if we saw it to go 29, 85, 250, of course we've got to take really drastic measures, but it's just dribbling along in the 20s. That's in the 20s out of 5 million people. So why are we going for this magical elimination number? You cannot eliminate a respiratory virus. You can't eliminate influenza. You can't eliminate the common cold. This Delta strain is not like Ebola, which kills people. It has it has taken off two people, one 91-year-old woman. We know the details. She was 91 and unvaccinated. The guy in his 70s, we know no details about him whatsoever, the man who died, but I can promise you he had severe comorbid conditions, which would have brought that out in his case. So we're not talking about a deadly virus. We're talking about a typical respiratory virus that is pretty contagious. So what's the answer then? What's the answer and what does life look like? Like, you know, we're in we're in the middle of July. We're middle of July. Um, what is the answer in Australia, Dr. Walker, with COVID? What do we do? 
Well, look, I, I wish we would have more common sense with this and I wish we could have the localised lockdowns and, and just do things a little bit more liberally because we have to look at all of the other health, emotional and financial effects from these lockdowns. So that's one thing. But to reassure everybody, COVID loves three things. I said this to you before during our last Zoom call. It loves concentrated populations, it loves air pollutions, and it loves long, cold winters, none of which we have in this country. So because we're in winter at the moment, that's when the respiratory infections start, and that's why we're seeing this surge up in COVID at the moment. And also, you think of it like this, Tom, we are now suffering because some some uh, fool in the New South Wales Health Department thought it was okay not to make a simple rule. If you're a limo driver, you have to be vaccinated. You have to wear a mask if you're going to go and pick up people who are potentially infectious coming in from overseas. I mean, is that that difficult to figure out that one? But uh, you just it's a bit like someone in the health department, again, the New South Wales Health Department saying it's okay for an infected ship with all these people coughing and spluttering to get off and go and infect themselves through the community. Those two things have caused many of the cases of COVID around this country. Ah, oh, to me, I, listen, I'd feel nervous. If I pulled up at Mascot Airport where you pick up someone, Mate, it doesn't matter who I was. Mate, if picking up my mother, I'd be nervous not having a mask on, right? That to me would have been common sense. If she's come from overseas, right? I would have, I, I would have thought that. That would... anyway. Let me let me um, ask you very uh, quickly about um, um, the chances of getting to zero in the next two weeks. Is it possible? No, I don't think so. I don't think so because this is a respiratory infection. We're going to grumble along with these case numbers in the 20s, which is nothing. In the 20s out of 5 million people. What are we whipping everyone into a frenzy about? I just think this is ridiculous. What, and although I think what, what not, Dr. Walker, let's assume, do you reckon there's a possibility that in December your son and his lovely wife with their kids can head off to Byron Bay this 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 December, right? They um, people can people can uh, uh, fly to you know Queensland. You can go to Palm Cove. Uh, the Australian Open tennis can have full full houses. People holidaying in Melbourne is it possible happening this Christmas? Oh, absolutely. It's a one word, very simple word. We've mentioned it a thousand times already. It's called vaccination. Everyone gets out there and be vaccinated with these very safe, very effective vaccines. Any, any of the complications can be managed. We're all very attuned in the medical profession now to the, the very, very, very rare complications of these things. But the, what we do know is that if COVID takes, takes hold of this community, and it hasn't as yet, only 1,000 cases out of 5 million people, and the cases aren't going through the roof, they're staying about the same, around the 100 mark with these uh, community cases in the 20s. So if we all get vaccinated, we'll just see this thing fizzle out. We get to about 70 to 80% of the population vaccinated or exposed to the virus, and then the virus just becomes a minor respiratory illness like all the other coronaviruses, apart from SARS and MERS, which were two completely different things. All right. Well, I hope, Dr. Walker, I agree exactly uh, one million percent with what you said about the suffering that people are going on. I didn't see it much first time, but this time I'm seeing it. And I don't know whether it's got to do with the absence of JobKeeper, right? I'm just seeing people, people, there are a lot of people that feel helpless, people that are hairdressers, people that, you know, run all, you know, every shopping strip that you see now is pretty much just dead. 
Every shopping strip is dead. Yeah, it's it's completely dead. It's, uh, I'm Sydney's like a ghost town at the moment, and everyone's feeling guilty. We're all and 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 it's also what I don't like is this mask shaming. If if people, uh, we should all be wearing masks, but even people walking out in the streets. So again, Tom, it doesn't make biologic sense to wear a mask outside. There's not been any community acquired cases for people being outside so if the if the coronavirus was sitting on your table there it would take 18 hours for it to reach half its strength if you put it outside in the sun it takes a minute so it doesn't make sense to stop people from going outside or or i i see these absolute wackos walking along the street by themselves with a mask on what's going on in their skull they're not going to get coronavirus by themselves, walking past somebody on the opposite side of the street. It's just, it's just nuts. I, I don't know where we've swallowed the Kool-Aid. I just don't know why it's happened. I went and had a couple of golf lessons in the last week just because I wanted to get, get out there, and I saw a golfer on their own, on their own with a mask on. That's not right, is it? You shouldn't have a mask on playing golf by yourself. It's totally nuts. It just doesn't make biologic sense. And everything I've said to you is based on science, not based on something I've read on Facebook. You've, you've got to look at the biologic sense behind all of this. There's no biologic sense in these global lockdowns. There's no biologic sense in people being worried about vaccination. There's no biologic sense about worrying about people going outside. It just, the whole thing does my head in, Tom. It's been doing my head in for 18 months. All right, Dr. Walker, thank you so much. We'll, uh, that's great advice. Basically, you know, by the way, the, the, the philosophy that I have in my own training business is focus on what you can control and let go of what you can't. Mm. And it sounds like to me what you're saying is, hey, you can take the vaccine, right? That's something that you can do. That, 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 that will make an impact. That'll help. That'll help the situation for everyone and it'll help the situation for you, right? Yeah, yeah. and there uh, should be a reward for that too. Being and there vaccinated. should be a reward. Okay, you should be able to go to Palm Cove and the others should be sitting there and, yeah. and well, not look, Palm Cove. Look, look, Tom, can I say I respect anyone's right to refuse medical therapy, okay? But we're, we're told by the government we have to wear seatbelts. Because if you have a major car accident without a seatbelt, you will induce more damage. Now, the seatbelt itself isn't going to stop you from maybe hitting your head on the steering wheel and still having some damage, but it is a law. The government tells us if we don't wear a seatbelt, we are fined. Now, again, why don't we have the same law for vaccination? To me, it's the same principle. If you have the vaccination, sure, you still might have a bit of a problem if you get COVID, not much. And sure, you may have a a very, very rare reaction to the vaccination. But on the whole, you're going to prevent yourself from dying and getting seriously hurt. And that's why we need to have the vaccination. That's why there should be laws around it, I believe. And that's why there should be a reward for people who are going to take the responsible step of being vaccinated so we can get our society back to normal. All righty. Thank you so much, Dr. Walker. Have a good evening. Thank you again for taking time to share with our um, community. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Okay, bye-bye.